This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Here's everything you might have missed in The Last of Us, Episode 3. Welcome back to Nerdist News. I'm Hector Navarro, and today we're going to be breaking down everything that happened in Episode 3 of The Last of Us and how this is the show's first major departure from the game. The Last of Us series has spent the past three weeks proving to us why it deserves to exist. While there have been some minor departures in plot, the show's portrayal of Joel and Ellie have been very faithful to the game of the same name made by Naughty Dog and PlayStation Studios. But the most recent episode changed a plotline from the game that recontextualized Joel and Ellie's journey and set the show apart. And we're going to be breaking down everything that happened in the episode right now. From here on out, we're going to be discussing spoilers from episode 3 of The Last of Us, titled Long Long Time. So if you haven't seen it, go listen to your favorite Linda Ronstan album. Not today, you New World Order jackboot f- This episode doesn't start with a cold open like the last two, but don't think that doesn't mean we're not getting some flashbacks. It's kind of the whole deal of this episode. Because while in the game, players meet the hard-scrabble survivalist Bill by getting caught in one of his traps, this episode deals with a Bill flashback not seen in the game for the majority of its runtime. But to start, in the aftermath of Tess's death in episode 2, Joel builds a small monument out of River Rocks, 10 miles west from Boston. He's upset with Ellie, but she sets him straight by telling him not to blame her for something that's not her fault. They've got a five-hour hike ahead of them to Bill and Frank's place where Tess told Joel to take her next. Note that the shirt that Joel has been wearing could be the same shirt that Ellie wears in the video game sequel, The Last of Us Part 2. Maybe we'll see that shirt again in season two of the show? Fingers crossed. Joel's on the lookout, not for infected, but for human attacks. They seek out one of Joel's stashes at a Cumberland Farms convenience store. Ellie gushes over a Mortal Kombat 2 arcade cabinet because she had a friend who was obsessed. Maybe we'll learn more about this later in the season. And while Joel zeroes in on his stash location because he can't remember where it was, Ellie explores a basement as well as her destructive nature. She manages to find something that is probably worth a lot, an intact box of Tampax Pearl tampons. This fits into the timeline because that product was released in 2002. So this is not an anachronism. But when she also finds an infected crushed by rubble, her curiosity takes over. She cuts open the infected skin, similar to what we saw in the opening of the last episode, before Ellie kills it. Joel doesn't see this happen, but Papacito Pedro does have that classic look of, why is my kid being so quiet in the other room? Ellie? Later, while continuing their hike, Ellie marvels at a downed plane in an image taken directly from the game, and we get confirmation that the cordyceps fungus spread through flour or sugar. Once people ate enough contaminated food, they started biting. Y'all want some biscuits? Joel even pauses a little bit after saying the words pancake mix, probably reflecting on that birthday morning when he didn't eat pancakes. I thought we was having pancakes. From there, Ellie sees something Joel doesn't want her to, a killing field. Within the first weeks of the outbreak, Fedra rounded up people to bring them to quarantine zones if there was room. If there wasn't room, 
These innocent people were mercilessly killed since dead people can't get infected. It's a pretty gruesome tactic that leads directly into a flashback on September 30th, 2003 in the town of Lincoln, Massachusetts. This is where we meet Bill. He's a prepper. Survivalist. Sorry, survivalist. And he's watching the town being taken away by Fedra troops from his sub-basement bunker, avoiding their fate. Not today, you new world order jackboot f When we see him emerge in a gas mask, it's a reference to the first time players meet him in the game, also wearing a gas mask. Bill wastes no time fortifying his home and gathering supplies. He gets a ton of gasoline, plunders a Home Depot and a liquor store, keeps the natural gas flowing, and sets up a generator. He grows his own crops, cultivates his own chickens. It's pretty sweet. He also sets up a fence he can monitor via camera that is surrounded by traps of his own making to take out infected. Oh, it doesn't get old. Bill needs something to entertain himself because he never got a chance to see Shrek 2, Lord of the Rings Return of the King, Star Wars Episode 3 Revenge of the Sith before Fungus ruined the movie theater experience. And four years after the outbreak, while wearing a bandolier like in the video game, Bill meets someone who changes his life forever. Frank falls into one of Bill's traps. He's the only survivor coming from the Baltimore QZ, which is no more. Frank asks for a meal and Bill refuses. He doesn't want others coming to him for handouts. And this is not an Arby's. Well, Arby's didn't have free lunch, it was a restaurant. But he relents and cooks a stunning meal. What the f***? He even knows how to pair Beaujolais with rabbit. I didn't even know what Beaujolais was before today. <laughs> what the f***? Then Frank and Bill have a connection over a piano. You know how much these are worth? Currently nothing. But more importantly, they connect over Linda Ronstadt's song, Long Long Time, thus the title of the episode. There it is. A romance begins between them, and now, after the end of the world, Bill has finally found someone who sees him for who he is. This is an expansion of what we see in the game. There, Bill describes Frank as a partner he cared about. While the game doesn't explicitly say they were lovers, the hints are there when Ellie later finds one of Bill's adult magazines. Whoa! Back in the show, we skip three years. It's now been seven years after the outbreak. Frank wants to beautify their little street so that they can make friends. Bill doesn't think there are any friends worth making left in the world. We don't have friends, Frank. Of course, Frank's already been talking to a nice lady on the radio. You what? And before we know it, a younger Joel and Tess, RIP, are over for a nice meal. Tess and Frank get along swimmingly, even suggesting the radio song code we hear in the first episode. Like, I was thinking, like, the decades, like, 80s trouble. Bill only starts to respect Joel when Joel tells him to get the gun out of his face. That's right, papacito. <laughs> Joel wants to trade QZ items for stuff that Bill has, but Bill says they are fine by themselves. Jump three more years to 2013, and Bill and Frank's relationship has deepened. Frank is more robust and in shape than his partner, which only makes what happens later even more heartbreaking. Frank has traded a little gun. Which gun? for a packet of strawberry seeds, and Bill giggles like Grog in The Legend of Vox Machina when he grows a beard. <laughs> and Joel's previous warning of raiders in the night comes true. Frank wakes up alone to find a group of raiders attacking their town, getting roasted and fried by the fence. Bill gets shot here, and it almost feels like they're about to do a reverse of the game. Because in the game, while Joel and Ellie meet Bill, they don't meet Frank. In the game, Joel finds Frank's dead body after the pair have a falling out. 
Their relationship came to a bad end with Frank writing a letter about how much he hates Bill's guts. And with Bill getting shot in the show, it feels like he might die, leaving Frank to meet Ellie and Joel. But the twist is that they both survive, for now. Just a little side note, like the Box Trolls DVD we pointed out in the first episode, it appears that The Last of Us Universe had the wild turkey bottles in 2003 that our universe didn't get until 2022. It's crazy to see all these differences. Psych, just kidding, it's an anachronism! We then skip 10 more years, putting us in the 2023 present inhabited by Joel and Ellie. Bill and Frank have grown old together. Frank has an incurable degenerative disease that has left him in a wheelchair. It's very bittersweet to watch them still together after all this time. Also, we might be reading too far into things, but the flannel salt and pepper look that both men are sporting looks kind of reminiscent of Joel in the video game. Maybe they're just all three handsome men, I don't know. Frank asks for one final good day for his last day. And if you pause right here, you can spot the exact frame where my heart broke while watching this episode. You can actually pinpoint the second when his heart rips in half. And now. They share a beautiful montage where they exchange rings before their final meal. And just a note about the beautiful song playing during this montage, it's On the Nature of Daylight, by Max Richter, and if it sounds familiar, it's because it also shows up in a ton of movies and TV shows, including, but not limited to, Denis Villeneuve's Arrival, Stranger Than Fiction, Shutter Island, and the documentary Jiro Dreams of Sushi. What a wildly effective song for showcasing sadness. Bill and Frank's final meal mirrors the first one they shared all those years ago. Then, as they both desired, they fall asleep in each other's arms one final time. While originally Frank decided it was his last day, Bill has come to the decision that it would be his last as well. It's after their deaths that Joel and Ellie arrive in Lincoln. The fence is overgrown, the plates of food have rotted, and the flowers have died. We don't know exactly how much time has passed, but since our introduction to Joel in Boston happens 20 years after the outbreak, and the letter that Ellie finds is dated August 29th, 2023, it's been at least a couple of weeks, if not a month or two. Ellie finds a key along with said letter, and then later she finds something she's been wanting since the first episode. A gun! The letter is reminiscent of the notes that Bill writes to himself and the letter written by Frank that Joel finds in The Last of Us game. It's both a heartwarming and humorous final message from Bill. <laughs> There's one important part of the letter that Bill points out. Joel and Bill are alike. It's their job to protect someone important. The letter thinks this is the recently departed Tess, but this is the moment that Joel truly accepts his role as Ellie's protector. They're gonna take Bill's truck, a piece of shit Chevy S10, but it'll get us there. Which is similar to, but not exactly, like the truck that they take in the game. Bill had sulfuric acid hoarded early on in the episode, which pays off because Joel uses it for the truck battery he's been trying to get his hands on since episode one. They're going west to find Tommy, who can hopefully connect them with some fireflies. We also solved the mystery of the 80s playlist on the radio in the first episode. Bill and Frank had already died by the time the first episode took place because the playlist automatically broadcasts if a timer isn't reset every so often. So Joel and Ellie take off in the truck listening to Linda Ronstadt's long, long time as if we hadn't cried enough already this episode. Come on! I almost made it through this without crying. While this differs pretty greatly from Bill's appearance in the game, we think this change adds a lot to Bill and Frank as characters. Seeing their relationship grow is ultimately a lot more hopeful of a note than Bill's bleakness we get in the game. 
Bill and Frank's version of Lincoln looks a lot nicer than in the game, and it's interesting to see such a beacon of normalcy in the middle of the wasteland. Also, the biggest difference is, of course, that in the show, Frank and Bill didn't have a falling out or breakup like they did in the game. While they had their rough days, they still loved each other until the end. The Bill of the game is untrusting of Ellie, thinking that caring about someone else is a waste of time. In the game, Bill says, Once upon a time, I had somebody that I cared about. It was a partner, somebody I had to look after. And in this world, that sort of is good for one thing, getting you killed. And while they never meet you know the bill of the show would have been on board for Joel's mission to protect Ellie. And it's a change that seems to work for TV. It's interesting to see showrunner Craig Mazin recontextualize moments from the game for television. But in the meantime, what do you folks think? What did you think of episode three? What was your favorite reference to the game? And how many times did you cry? We started with 10. Let us know in the comments below. Thank you so much for watching. And for the latest and greatest in the world of pop culture, Stay tuned to Nerdist.com.